Hello and welcome along to the PPW pod, bringing you news, views and interviews from the real estate marketplace and prop tech industry. You can find us on uh, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts and any likes, subscribes, comments or reviews are very much appreciated. My name is Edmund Keith. I'm the editor of OnlineMarketplaces.com. Joining me for today's episode are Online Marketplaces Chairman Simon Baker. Simon, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Good afternoon. And delighted to be joined today by Brian Boero, former president of Inman.com. And these days he is the CEO of uh, Thousand Watt Consulting, a branding consultancy for real estate brokerages based on the West Coast. He's also the main author of the excellent industry newsletter, The Dose, which um, does exactly what it says on the tin, uh, smart industry takes and creative inspiration. It's honestly well worth subscribing to. Uh, and I have to admit that any takes I ever have about the US market are either inspired by Brian or just completely copied. Brian, how are you doing? <laughs> and give yourself more credit than that. Anyway, thank you. I'm doing great. It's uh, thank you for having me on the show. So we've, um, you know, we've spoken about CoStar coming into the residential market on this podcast, and we'll get into CoStar towards the end. But I want to start with the backdrop. Um, all of these things, they don't, all these headlines that we write, they don't happen in a vacuum, right? Um, I want to start maybe, can you tell us about all these lawsuits that um, I'm kind of reading about, but not fully up to date with, that seem to be keeping the industry up at night a little bit over there? Sure. Um, yes, it's quite a disturbance to the real estate industry over here. And uh, it comes from two places. <clears throat> uh, the first of which are, are private plaintiffs. So there have been now uh, over two dozen uh, lawsuits filed against real estate companies in the United States, um, basically with the same request, that commissions uh, are divorced. So here in the States, if I'm selling my home, uh, I may pay a real estate agent, say, 5%. Well, half of that commission goes to the, the agent that's selling my house. The other half goes to that agent who is going to bring me a buyer. So commissions are tied together and really originate with the seller. The buyer doesn't negotiate a commission with their agent. It all sits with the seller. So the plaintiffs in these cases are saying, well, that's anti-competitive. The buyer never gets a chance to negotiate and the seller is locked into paying for someone who is not delivering services to them. They're representing the buyer. So the objective of all of these lawsuits is to divorce the commissions and make it so the seller pays their agent and that the buyer pays their agent on their own. Therefore, the buyer's agent has to sit down, as happens in much of the rest of the world, if a buyer's agent is involved, has to say, look, this is my fee. It's a flat fee. It's an hourly fee. It's a percentage of the sale price. And that's all taken care of between the buyer and their agent. So that's what the objective of all of these lawsuits are. And then there's another uh, component to this, in addition to the lawsuits, the government of the United States, um, through the United States Department of Justice and potentially through the uh, Federal Communications Commission. So the government of the United States also seems intent on uh, making this split between commissions here. And uh, the government is uh, sort of circling around all of this lawsuit activity to make sure that things are playing out as they see uh, fit. Okay. So if this, so, sorry, a question. So if, if this comes to pass and they sort of split the commissions, what does that mean for an MLS? 
<clears throat> well, it poses a serious challenge to an MLS because in the multiple listing service here, the, the linchpin of that system, the MLS system, is what is called the blanket offer of compensation. So if I'm representing a seller and I have a property to sell, I go into the MLS and I am required in almost all cases, still historically and even now, to make an offer of compensation to a buyer's agent, to any buyer's agent on the MLS who brings a buyer to my listing, right? And so that offer of compensation is the glue that has held the MLS together. If that goes away, the MLS, in my view, still has value, but it's a prime reason for existing from the agent's point of view is going to probably go away. Okay, so so let's say this all breaks up. Um, the MLS becomes less relevant, less important in the process. And I, as a buyer, go, I don't want to pay a buyer's agent. I'll do it myself. I'll get a yeah. I'll get a, a lawyer to negotiate the contract for me because it actually would probably be a standard contract anyway. Um, and I'll save. I won't pay the buyer's commission. And if I'm selling a home, I'm now going to pay three percent or whatever it is, rather than the five or six percent in that process. If that's the case, then um, it sort of neatly fits into this whole um, challenge on the model. What does it mean for a Zillow? What does it mean for a, a, a Realtor.com and the News Corp yeah. investment there? And because they're all reliant on MLSs providing, they're all freemium type services, right? Where it's they're, okay. you, you, they're free, free for listings and they, they try to make as much money out of um, advertising around them so, or, or pay for leads. So what does that mean for that market? Well, it means, it means that Zillow and Realtor.com and in fact, any real estate agent or broker that operates with buyers is going to face a real challenge, right? So let's take Zillow's example. So Zillow <clears throat> has about a billion and a half dollars in revenue every year that is directly tied to buyer agent commissions, right? So Zillow, <laughs> Zillow makes 85, 90% of its money selling leads to buy side agents. And they either take uh, a, an upfront fee for that, or they take a referral fee after the transaction closes, anywhere from 35 to 40%. Now, if buy side commissions go down because commissions are divorced, then Zillow has a pretty serious threat to its business. Realtor.com has a pretty serious threat to its business. So what you see now is over the last year and a half, two years, Zillow in particular developing uh, listing side or seller side advertising products. And to sort of take a, a cue, perhaps a little bit from portals around the world, but also from its own past, <laughs> meaning um, they are uh, rolling out media services, enhance your listing, uh, do advanced floor plans. About a year ago, they bought a, a national media company that does photos of properties. So they have built sort of an enhanced listing business or offering to sell to listing agents who are representing sellers as a hedge 
against this threat to the business they built, which is entirely dependent on buy side commissions. So, okay. So, okay. Sorry, you go. I want to circle back to the lawsuits for a minute. Um, it seems, I mean, surely the uh, biggest industry lobbying group practically anywhere in the world is us realtors, right? Surely the NAR is just going to come in and make this go away. Yes, it is the world's largest trade organization. The National Association of Realtors still, even though the market has contracted significantly, has about 1.5 million members. And they wield enormous political power and policymaking power here in the United States. And, um, you know, they are now the, the prime target of all of these lawsuits. Uh, they are the prime target for the United States government. Uh, because it is NAR policy that has really uh, structured the, the real estate system that we have here as we know it, right? So uh, most multiple listing services, in fact, almost all, just a slim majority or not, are chartered by the National Association of Realtors and abide by uh, rules that the National Association of Realtors publishes. So that's why the NAR is the target of all of these lawsuits and all of this attention from the government of the United States. It really is the NAR that structures the entire system here. But it's not going very well for them at the moment, um, I no. have read. No, the first large lawsuit um, uh, was decided uh, on October 31st of last year. And the jury took uh, all of 90 minutes to decide that the National Association of Realtors and several other large real estate companies had conspired to keep real estate commissions high. Now, I have problems with that decision. I have problems with the whole motive behind all of this, but that was a huge and swift defeat. And what it did was to spawn what we call here copycat lawsuits, because as you probably know, in the States, we like to sue each other a lot. And so uh, that decision provoked all kinds of lawsuits, suing different companies in different states and venues, and it's really become quite a mess. And this is coming at a time when um, the NAR leadership seems to be, it's come at the wrong time for them, it would be fair to say, right? Yeah, it's been um, something of a perfect storm of bad stuff happening to the National Association of Realtors. So they lost this major lawsuit. Um, they have been racked by scandal. Um, the, the president of NAR had to resign uh, last year amid allegations of improper behavior. Um, he was uh, replaced uh, by another president who then uh, resigned because she claimed she was being blackmailed um, by somebody and was uh, compromised in her position. Now they have their third president in, you know, I think probably just about a year. And, um, they're just they're having a very difficult time over there so they have an interim ceo who's trying to write the ship um and it's um it's tough the wall street journal uh, ran a piece just last week in which i was quoted that sort of goes through the whole saga i mean it's almost um it's almost beyond belief what has happened relative to the nar in the last year so so let's roll the clock forward let's say this all unwinds let's say these copycat cases just get momentum, right? So mm -hmm. if that occurs, eventually they're going to go, we have two choices. We either change the rules, you know, disaggregate the buy and sell side, 
um, yeah. or we just keep fighting cases because that's what would be yeah. the natural outcome. Yes. So, so if they change the rules and all these MLSs are signed up to whatever the the rules are or the the way of doing business are, um, what does this mean for? Um, we've talked about Zillow already, and you talked about how they're they're developing the sell side tools, but but what does it mean for someone like uh, the News Corp backed um, Realtor dot com and um, then let's get on to homes because homes.com is sort of, you know, saying, well, we're going to, it's, it's your home, your listing or whatever the, 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 the expression is they're going with. So let's start with yeah. uh, news. What, what does it mean for news and their big investment there? Well, I, you know, News Corp and, and through Realty.com is in a very similar position uh, to Zillow, meaning um, all of their current revenue, or not all of it, but the, the, the major part of it is derived from buyer agent commissions. Um, so when you go to realtor.com and you click schedule a showing or contact an agent, that goes to an agent who is either getting charged to be there or is paying a referral fee on the back end to realtor.com. So realtor.com's exposure is the same as Zillow's. So the irony of that, I think, is that, you know, given News Corp's experience in the uh, fee to list model, They've they've mastered that and have for years in Australia that they now um, are somewhat stuck in this American model that is now, um, you know, very vulnerable. And uh, I imagine they will uh, be working hard to develop uh, listing or sell side products as well, because if these if commissions are, in fact, divorced, which I think they will be probably within the next year, then they are probably uh, going to see a lot of the agents that are currently advertising on their website. Some of them will be fine. Some of them won't, but it's going to create a real disturbance in how they make money. Okay. Okay. So we have established that there's a lot of lawsuits causing a lot of problems among realtors. Uh, The NAR is maybe, I don't want to say absent, but it's not the best, not come at the best moment for the NAR. These right. lawsuits are going to impact Zillow and Realtor.com, uh, or at least they're going to impact 85% of their businesses in yeah. an as yet unknown way. Yes. And into all of this, stage left comes Andy Florence and CoStar. Um, yes. We've written about CoStar a lot. We've spoken about CoStar a lot. I'm really interested in what the agent, the realtor perception is of this new company coming into residential real estate. Are they being looked upon favorably because of their value proposition for the agents or are people looking at this and going, it's another massive, you know, corporate company coming in here to make money off of our backs? Well, you know, it's funny, Ed. Um, I think a lot of agents are, uh, supportive of homes.com or at least interested in what homes.com is doing because uh, they have never taken kindly to Zillow or realtor.com. They have always viewed them as a parasitic uh, factor in in the online real estate world here in the States. And they're happy to see uh, Zillow in particular get challenged by homes.com. So it's almost for many agents, you know, like the old saying goes, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. 
So, uh, you know, they, they're, they're happy to see Andy Florence and Homes.com go really hard after Zillow. And uh, what's interesting, and I don't think this is by accident, I think he, he saw what was coming and his sense of timing was very keen. What Andy Florence said is, well, there's this disturbance in the real estate system here in the United States. And if things break my way and the system of fused commissions is obliterated, then that is going to make it possible for the first time ever for a really big pay-to-list, straight-up advertising type portal to exist in the United States. Because if commissions are divorced and the MLS is weakened and buy-side commissions go down significantly, then all that free distribution that came from the MLS forever is jeopardized. And in that case, you have this window of opportunity where agents for the first time might say, well, I'll pay $500 to get advertising on homes.com. Whereas before, you didn't need to. Your, your listing just went everywhere for free anyway. On top of that, and Simon, you mentioned it, sort of the credo of you're listing your lead. So the big problem that agents and brokers have had with Zillow and Realtor is I have a listing, it gets displayed on Zillow, and the inquiries and leads that come off of my listing go to some buyer agent, not me. And that's wrong. I'm on control. And Homes.com is saying, if it's your listing, all the inquiries, all the leads are going to you. So you're listing your lead. Some agents will be willing to pay for distribution on Homes.com just because of that. But Florence's big bet is that, that the system does, in fact, get disrupted in a way that breaks favorably towards this sort of listing side portal structure. Okay. So if that does occur, um, it's then going to be a battle of who's got the eyeballs because yeah. the eyeballs will generate the leads and, and in reality, running a listing uh, pay-to-list portal is honestly simple because it's done everywhere else in the world for yes. 20 years now. It's not like rocket science. Um, so so let's say that it breaks that way. It's now it's about eyeballs, which comes down to brand, Yes, which comes down to can, can homes.com truly differentiate itself in the minds of the American consumer to swing them away from looking because it's not it's if they're also looking at Zillow and realtor.com then you've got nothing different you need to have right. unique buyers in your 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 solution set can they swing the audience away from the other two uh, maybe I, and i think that's that's the big bet Is that the billion um, dollar question that's the billion dollar question yes so look zillow for all of the present vulnerabilities that it faces is a household name brand in the united states it's been in existence for almost 20 years now people uh, at one point were searching zillow more than they were homes for sale on google this is this is the biggest brand in the history of housing in the united states and therefore the world so it, it, it has that incredible durability. So it's not going anywhere. What homes.com has to do is, as you suggest, Simon, um, hope things break its way on the legal and regulatory front, but then also um, make the case that it is simply a better place to search for a home. And that's what we saw during the Super Bowl. Uh, the company spent over 
$24 million uh, with four Super Bowl ads um, promoting Homes.com. And uh, that is the beginning of what they claim is a billion dollar advertising campaign throughout 2024 to uh, make Homes.com the number one home search platform in America. And whether they can do that, I don't know. They seem to be making the case and it was sort of lost in the creative in these ads, but that we're going deeper on neighborhood content. We have videos of every neighborhood in the United States and we have photos and all kinds of stuff. And you, you can search here and get more from us than you can at Zillow and Realtor. I, I think that's probably not strong enough. No. But, uh, but isn't isn't that Trulia? Didn't we already have all Trulia. this? It was Trulia. Right. You know, it's funny you say that. I wrote about this recently. Before they got acquired by Zillow, Trulia really went deep on this. They had more neighborhood content. They had crime data. They even had uh, maps of, of noise patterns for the neighborhoods. And the reality is it wasn't enough to, no. to unseat Zillow. And they... They had to sell to Zillow. Yeah. So I'm skeptical that um, we have great neighborhood content alone is enough to unseat Zillow. Zillow is an excellent product. Whatever the real estate industry may want to gripe about, it's an excellent product from a home buyer perspective. It really is. It's terrific and a household name. It's going to take at least a billion dollars to unseat them from being number one. I remember thinking when I... I saw those Super Bowl adverts and they're very on the nose and they're very much, you know, just to be a, a mind worm, whatever you call it. Um, but it struck me as very odd that they didn't really lean on the value proposition of like, um, you won't get a ton of robo calls from a buyer's agent who doesn't know the listing. It seems like that's the real value proposition for consumers, but they didn't mention it. I'm imagining they're saving that line for like a, a later campaign, but you're someone who knows marketing and branding. Did that strike you as a little bit odd? Uh, not really, because I think the objective with this big splash <clears throat> was, uh, first of all, to get people to think about homes.com for the first time ever. Nobody's ever thought about homes.com. It was a it was far down the list in terms of traffic. It was owned by kind of an old school media company and nobody ever thought of it. So the objective of these ads was simply to create enough noise and buzz and celebrity presence to get people for the first time in their lives to ever say, oh, homes.com, I can search for a home there. Okay, good, check that box. And then, you know, over the course of the year, I'm sure they will, as you suggest, Ed, fill in the blanks in terms of, well, what does that really mean? And what are the benefits vis-a-vis -vis these other search portals and whatnot? So I, I thought the Super Bowl ads were just fine. You know, I okay. mean, you've got they, a, they got a lot of criticism. But I don't have a catch-22 in their model. When you have an MLS feed, you're getting all the listings. Now, the, yes. the most important thing, and this goes back to, to, to my REA days, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world, when you look at the market-leading portals, what they all tend to do is have the most <laughs> listings, okay? Yeah. Highest quality, most up-to-date, accurate listings because yeah. – Consumers don't actually want to look at five sites or three sites. They want to look at one and they want to look at what they perceive as being the market leader. Now, yeah. if you've got an MLS feed, you've got all the listings. So then it just yeah. comes down to how do you present it, right? right? How do you make it look good, You know, nice and interactive, simple, uh, here's a valuation model around the outside and so on. If you go to a pay-to-list model, 
So by default, you will not have all the listings. Okay. Well, because how do you differentiate? You either have all the listings, but then why would I pay? Because they'll be there. Yeah. Or am I paying to be there? And if I'm paying to be there, why is the other guy there for free? Well, you're, you're picking at like the, the, the greatest complexity of all here in our market, which is <laughs> homes.com right now has MLS feeds. They have all the listings from darn near every MLS and they will continue to do so, right? So at the same time that maybe they're kind of betting that the MLS system is weakened or it's, it's put in jeopardy. Right now, they have MLS feeds. They have every listing in America, just like Zillow does, just like Realtor.com does effectively. Yes. And the move, so they don't have that chicken and the egg problem of setting up this dual-sided marketplace of supply and demand. They have all the supply. Now they just got to work on the demand, the eyeballs, consumer eyeballs. So uh, what they're going to do is basically, effectively, if, if you want to be effectively visible, right? You pay for enhancements. You pay to go to the, it's like Google. Nobody goes, yes. this studies, nobody goes past the first page, right? A few weirdos do, but nobody else does, right? So it's the same thing. We're going to have all the listings, get them from the MLS to the extent that the MLS remains viable. And you're going to pay to go to the top of the list, or you're going to pay to have more pictures. I mean, Realtor.com did this 25 years ago. You get four pictures for free. And then if you wanted more pictures, you had to pay extra. So they, they throttle uh, the distribution uh, on top of this base of having all the listings. Yes. However, let's, let's play a bit of devil's advocate here. Yeah. Um, twofold. One is I remember oh, a long time ago when I was at REA, we did a bit of research into how buyers, not people who visit the website, because not all people who visit websites are buyers, but those who are truly buyers operate. And, I, and, and one of the things that we discovered was, A, they're in the market for a while because they've got to find the perfect home because you know, it's their biggest asset. So you don't just sort of – it's not like going to Google searching for an iPhone or a, doesn't matter, a microphone, and you buy the first one at the top of the search on, on Amazon. Right? Right. You're, going to, you're going to search. And what we found is that people came back time and time again over the course of a two or three month period. And they, they having filtered the listings by suburb, by price range, by beds and baths or whatever, they would then just go through the listings time and time and time again and trying to find something new, even if it was on page 10. So those, as, as you described as weirdos, which clearly if you're on Google, you're not going to go to page 10. But if you're searching for your dream home, you actually do go to page 10 because you don't want to miss out on perhaps getting a great, I'm going to say bargain, but a good deal because yeah. you are spending you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 of which you're probably borrowing 80%. Right. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's the first thing to think about. Um, and then the, the, the second is um, I think the, the days of, with AI are going to change how this all occurs anyway, because yep. putting listings to the top of the search or making them bigger because an advertiser is paying um, sort of vaporizes when you're allowed to have an AI driven search on top. Um, you know, site X, please give me 
all the homes in uh, Richmond in Virginia between 300 and 500,000 near a park, um, 10 minutes from this school uh, and yeah, dot, dot, dot. Well, good luck at trying to sell differentiated advertising around that because the more accurate the search request is, the more I'm just going to show you the properties that meet those search requirements. Yeah. If I show you just the request, just requirements, why do I need to pay anything to differentiate myself? Because I'm one of five. Yeah. Well, that, that's a really good point, uh, particularly around AI. And I think it's a big question that homes.com has to grapple with because yeah, does sort of the, preferred placement, enhanced listing, pay to list model work in that type of environment? I, I don't know. I think it may face some challenges. I mean, there was a, um, <clears throat> and, and I should go back. I don't think that the MLS is going to go away. I think it will lose some of its critical mass, but I think that there will always be sort of this core database of listings in, in most markets. So I think we'll always have this sort of baseline of clean listings in the States that doesn't exist elsewhere. There was a, a, a new search uh, launched today by a company called Tomo. I just saw it earlier this morning before we started talking. That's doing exactly what you suggested. T-O-M-O started in the mortgage business, still doing oh, mortgages, but then yeah. just launched today an AI powered search that is exactly as you just described, Simon, where it's natural language search. You can search on soft you know, sort of parameters, uh, it includes computer vision, so it can effectively read the contents of photos. So yeah, how, how do you, you know, gatekeep access in that type of world? You know, this is, um, it is hard to create scarcity in an environment of total ubiquity and abundance. And that's what we have here in the United States. The listings are everywhere. I mean, it, it's uh, it's absurd it, how many places you can go to search for a home and see the exact same listings, a near total set of listings in any market in the United States. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. There are probably 10,000 websites and apps anywhere from Zillow and Redfin and Realtor to the average real estate agent. They all have the same search tools with all of the same listings. So how do you create the sort of market power? I mean, Talk about the, the the good old days of printing money, you know, in the Australian market, that REA model, and it's still printing money. I don't know if you can replicate that in the United no, States. Can't. Never. You just can't. No. So, uh, you know, therein lies the challenge for homes.com. I think it's real. They could spend $10 billion and it would still be hard. Yeah. And I, the, the conclusion I've come to out of all this is that um, – You've got, I think, I think um, CoStar has bought itself an asset. They're throwing money at the problem. Um, they'll try a whole bunch of things, but the amount of money that's gone into the industry on building out um, websites over the last 25 years is tens of, probably tens of billions. Yes. And they're yet to turn a collective profit. Yeah. Whereas go to United Kingdom, you go, go to keep going. The list is a mile long um, yeah. of other countries where there is a collective profit. And yeah. the fundamental difference is this MLS versus non-MLS. And even yeah. if the MLS breaks down, 
old habits die hard. Yeah. Okay. And 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 the question is, um, if it then comes to who's got the power and who's got the eyeballs, you, all that money Zillow has spent over the last twenty years, as you were talking about, building a brand, um, no amount you could you could buy out the complete Super Bowl. You're not going to change that buyer behavior. Yeah. Yes, you'll create a bit of awareness. You might get a bit of a spike. You might be able to claim leadership in a quarter, not leadership or maybe even number two in a quarter. Yeah, we'll, we could talk about that for a little while about whether that was real or not. Um, but do you actually fundamentally change the market? And yeah. I think that's a that's a very challenging, um, very, very challenging for, for Homes.com. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the only way Homes.com homes could realize its ambitions really is for the American system around real estate and commissions and data to really be completely obliterated. And I think we're going to have significant change, but I don't think the MLS system is going away. I think there'll be fewer MLSs. I don't think buyer agents are going away. I think there'll be fewer buyer agents. But the kind of total reset required for Homes.com in order to succeed, I don't necessarily see that happening. Okay. I want to bring it back for a moment to PR. We've got someone on who knows about PR, who writes about PR. And I'm interested what you think about CoStar's PR, because it is very different to every other real estate portal in the world. As somebody who has to write the headlines about real estate portals in the industry, I can tell you nobody does PR like Andy Florence. There's no CEO of a real estate portal out there bad mouthing his competitors or actually being on his own adverts. Simon, um, were you ever on an, an REA group advert back in the day? No, <laughs> no, no, no. They couldn't well, I mean, pay me enough. What, what Brian thinks of how he's gone about it. Cause it seems, I mean, to me, it seems like this is just a guy who, you know, he's, he's, He's in it for the love of the game, right? He's made this uh, yeah. this business thirty years ago, and now he's you know he doesn't he doesn't really mind. He just wants to. He's doing it for fun. Well, I think yeah, it's funny. So in all the Super Bowl ads, Andy Florence, the CEO, I think just in one of them, he had a bit of a cameo. I, I think this is a person um, who relishes a good fight uh, and uh, likes battle and. Um, you know, I think that's reflected in everything that he has said over the past two years since they bought Homes.com. Um, I think he's willing to throw some sharp elbows. Um, and, I, I, you know, honestly, the, the marketer in me appreciates that. Um, I think um, we probably needed some of that. Um, so I like to see a competitor come out and, and swing some punches. And I think he's going to, and I, I think he he has to. And if you look at how uh, Andy Florence and CoStar is speaking to the real estate industry, it's in very pointed terms. Um, we're here to support you. We're advertising your listing. We're going to get people to come to your listing. You pay us a very modest fee is how they would put it. And uh, we're going to make your sellers happy. We're going to make you happy. And we're not going to use your precious content, your listing, to create a business based on some realtor down the street, you know, and it, he's drawing very sharp lines around that messaging. I do think it resonates with a significant number of real estate agents and brokers here in the States. So I, I expect this fight to get 
um, very nasty, ugly, and uh, also fun to watch. Well, yeah, as a neutral who writes the headlines, I'm just I'm rubbing my hands. Okay. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I got a on question regarding. So, so what's your view on them buying the number three player in the United Kingdom? Is there any perspective from your part of the world on them doing that? Well, I, you know, I thought that was curious. Um, I, I thought, well, that probably makes more sense than them buying homes.com <laughs> because right. um, they do know how to do that. Right. They kind of know how to work that model. They, you know, they succeeded with apartments.com. And that's really the, that's, I think, what would encourage them to go into uh, homes for sale is their success with apartments.com here in the States. So, yeah, I think they'll probably get plenty of learnings from that. I think some of what they do and learn in the States can be applied uh, in the United Kingdom. Um, but, I, you know, I, it's just going to be very difficult. Because <laughs> hey, it, it seems curious to me that you're in the you're in the 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 US. You're the number let's call it three player, probably yeah. in reality. Um, you know, and and you've got a big battle with two very well funded juggernauts in front of you. Yeah. So why then double down on a headache and buy the number three player in the United Kingdom? with two large juggernauts in front of you. Once again, know. same issue. A Zillow brand, the, the right move brand is even more entrenched right. in the United Kingdom yeah. than Zillow would be in the US. Well, you're probably better uh, to answer this than me, Simon. Why do you think they bought that company? Why do, why do you think they did that? Uh, I think it's the, to be brutally honest, I think it's the, um, it's ego. I think it's all about, um, we've got number. We've got the number three in the U. We've done well with apartments.com. We're going to do well with homes.com. We can do this in another market. We'll go to England and do it because we can do it. Yeah. Um, and so that would be one way of looking at it. The other way could be, gee, it's you know the whole industry hasn't really made a profit in residential ever, but in the United Kingdom, the market lead is making seventy five percent EBITDA margin. It's printing off money like you wouldn't believe. Um, and if I can get to 20%, 30% EBITDA margin, um, maybe buy the number two player there and I could have a good existence. But yeah. I think I think it's probably, yeah, it's going to be a split between the two, but a bit of ego in that whole um, game. And I think it's going to end up being a much harder road to hoe than yeah. than they than you know the Excel spreadsheet tells them. Yeah. Okay, I want to end with a question for Brian. Uh, all of this that we've been talking about, you know, everything going on with the NAR, CoStar coming in, everything we've spoken about today, bearing everything in mind, what is your message that you give to your clients? So your clients are usually the brokerages and realtors. What is the message that you're giving to your clients at the moment? about how to position themselves and brand themselves? Um, it's pretty simple, really. Um, there's a lot of fear, uncertainty of doubt and doubt in the uh, American industry right now. And what we tell our clients is, <clears throat> first of all, uh, be good at what you do, have, have value 
if you're good, okay, good, you got that box checked. And sadly, too many practitioners in the United States can't even check that box. But if you're good, great. Then what you need to do is you need to articulate that value in a way you never have before. On the buy side in the United States, um, it was just taken for granted. Compensation really never even came up in many cases. And so if you're good at representing buyers as an individual agent or as a broker, then articulate your value and make the case for yourself. And if you're good and you can articulate your value well, then you will be able to get paid what you're worth. If you're not good and you don't come up with a compelling value proposition, then these changes will push you out of the business. And I think that will happen for several hundred thousand realtors in the United States. They will not be able to articulate value or deliver value in this changed world, which I think is a good thing. We need fewer realtors. So I always say, if you're good, you're good. And, uh, you know, we tend to, to work with those in the industry who are, are good. So our clients will probably be okay, but it's going to be a house cleaning and a, a very welcome one. Okay, Brian. Thank you once again for taking the time to talk to us. I really do recommend to everyone listening uh, to subscribe to The Dose from 1000 Watt. It is honestly um, the best source of information, I think, the best free source of information uh, for what's going on in the US real estate market. Thank you, Brian, and I uh, hope to chat to you again maybe sometime soon. Yeah, anytime. Thank you, guys. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Brian.